0: You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. Now here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast for all podcast updates and more. Joining us this week we have jeffrey the greek of the eyes on big podcast what's up jeff
0: hey hello guys Whole derek tyler justin always great to come on to cuz thanks again for having me
1: sure it's God, iowa it feels Week. like we
0: just yeah it feels like we ahead. just had you on <laughs> I th- i'm starting to think you guys kind of got a crush on me a little bit that's what i think
1: <laughs> hey you might be one of our cousins by now i mean that's how it works right <laughs> i like it <laughs> all right uh so we're gonna be talking about the iowa game of course uh, but we're going to touch on the Wisconsin game because that was uh, that was something else. Uh, Jeff, what were your thoughts when you saw the uh, Nebraska-Wisconsin game?
0: Yeah, so it's funny. Um, uh, Big Kurt and I went to the Iowa-Minnesota game, uh, but I watched almost the whole first half of Nebraska-Wisconsin uh, at home. We got down by the stadium uh, during halftime, and I watched the whole second half from the bar with a bunch of Minnesota fans that were all cheering for Nebraska. So you, you might've, you might've been uh, like part of that experience uh, where we're at. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say. Like we said on our podcast um, at this point, we are starting to wonder w- what the college football gods have against Nebraska. Um, it, it, I mean, when you're up 14 to three with just over 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, I guess the win probability of being at it was at 87.2 percent you know uh, according to ESPN and I don't say you know it's the same kind of story that we've seen before a mistake here another mistake there you can't get a key stop Um, probably the one that frustrates you the most is you know a couple more first downs you could probably bled out the clock but just couldn't get it get it done and you know Wisconsin made the plays down the end.
1: Yeah, I did a terrible job of setting this up because Nebraska loses 15 to 14 in the final minute. And it was on senior day, too. And uh, they looked like the better team for, what, you know, at least 55 minutes. (laughs) And uh, just same old thing. I mean, Derek, uh, I know we don't (laughs) need to talk too long about this, but what are your thoughts here?
2: Well, I'm tired of this shit. That's what that's what my (laughs) thoughts are. Jesus Christ. I mean, come on. Look, Nebraska's given up six double-digit leads so far this year against five different teams. Two uh, two against Northwestern. Like, come on. At some point, figure out how to hold on to a damn lead. Uh, Jeffrey, you talk about first downs. I mean, this is how inept Nebraska's offense has become. We've had 57 first downs since our last win. Now, that was five games ago. Not great. That's, that's, that's 11 first downs a game. That's that's hey, Iowa
0: bad. I was going to say that sounds, <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> now, the th- I mean, you do obviously, you, you have to take into account who you played. I mean, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin. I mean, these are, these are elite defenses Um, when Nebraska was kind of rolling a little bit and I had some understandably excited Nebraska fans. I was trying to tam- tamper things down a little bit, knowing that the schedule is going to get a lot tougher. I mean, we've known that since the summer Um. The Big Ten's tough, you know, like, and, and it's a tough spot. Mickey was put in. I, I hope this doesn't sound at all condescending. A lot of credit has to be given to Mickey and the players. You know, they have fought the continued season on. That was, that was why I took Nebraska in the points uh, before the game, you know. Oh. Um, I took the under because I thought Nebraska's defense would show out pretty well. It was somewhat of the game that I expected as far as the final score. But, you know, what Nebraska did up to that point, you got to give him credit for it.
1: So Tyler, the hex was uh, in uh, in attendance for this game. And I just, you know, I didn't have a good feeling when he announced to us last week that he was going to be in attendance. It's like it's going to be heartbreak and it looked great. And we were like talking shit over our text. You know, it's like, oh, my God, is it actually going to happen? And, you know, Tyler should have left early for the game. But Tyler, yes. was that game worth sitting in the cold for?
3: No, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> I, I mean, so, you know, you could say we had control of that game, but both of our touchdowns came on really weird drives. One came after a turnover, um, which is short field. The other one came after Casey Thompson drew two 15-yard penalties, Um, you know, Debatable how strong the penalties they were, but they got called and maybe letter to the law, stupid law, but maybe they were the right calls. But yeah, I mean, we we really weren't doing anything on offense. And and again, the thing that's probably the most frustrating is in the final drive of the game. What beat us was Graham Mertz going over the top. Yeah,
0: like what? And that's that's why it worked. You know, you're not expecting that right there.
3: But it's because he can't do it. I mean, he's right.
0: done it like three times all year,
3: and of course, once against Nebraska. I mean, I mean,
0: he's he's feast or famine. I mean that there there's more famine, you know, with Mertz, but he has he does make plays like that, time and again, you know, every now and then, like he has it in him. He's just never done it consistently. He,
3: he was playing. I mean, I don't remember the stats, but it was something like he had 38 yard passing going into the fourth quarter, one interception. It was abysmal interception. And and again, we got beat over the top, and then. It just, you know, that that's how it goes. And I, yeah, look, look, this this is how frustrating this game was. It finally looked like
2: things were going Nebraska's way. Refs are calling play, penalties that are helping us out a little yeah. bit. They miss a 39-yard field goal that was five yards short. He didn't kick it to the left or right. He was five yards short on a 39-yard field goal. And it, and then. And then Braylon Allen goes out for the rest of the game. And it's like, okay. Herberg goes out. Herberg gets yeah. suspended. Herberg kicked yeah, out. Her- Herberg's out. And it, things are looking up. Like, yep. you can finish this game out. And somehow you let everybody behind him beat you. Like, no. just doesn't even matter.
1: Jeff, were you able to see that, that uh, Herberg uh, get uh, kicked yep. out of the game? Yeah. so and it was targeting. Bullshit. And then he runs onto the field with the helmet off and – Further and (laughs) ejected.
0: Yeah, never seen that before. Um, I mean, I, uh, Kurt and I have made it clear on the podcast how much we detest the the targeting. You know, penalty. Like, I can understand it being a penalty. Kicking guys out is absolutely ridiculous. I don't think it was a a, you know malicious hit. I don't think he was head hunting. I think he he thought the quarterback was, and he tried to kind of pull up by the but by the letter of the law, it probably was targeting. So it's like again, like I feel like people say this every weekend it's not so much how the refs called it. It's, it's how the law, you know, how the rule is written. Um, I know he's appealed. I haven't heard yet on, on if he's going to be able to play the entire Minnesota game um, running down the end zone to celebrate was stupid. I mean, that's, that's, you, you don't do that if you're kicked yeah. out of the game or not. Um, uh, so that was dumb. I wonder if that will almost kind of hurt him as far as getting reinstated for Minnesota. It probably will. Um, but you know, the rule in general is just, is just dumb.
2: Yeah, I mean the the targeting call. You're right, Jeffrey. It was letter of the law. It was targeting. I mean, it was shoulder to helmet, or I mean, and he was down. It's a late hit. I mean, to the letter, but it was not a vicious hit by any stretch
0: of the
1: imagination. No harm, no foul, right? Come on. I I
0: I didn't think he should be kicked. I I thought it was ridiculous that they kicked him out. I really. really I I understand if there is like a spearing head hunting malicious that to clean that up, I I love old school football. I understand that every, I just don't understand who this rule is made for at this point here. Here's four, you know, college football dudes right here. We all hate the rule. I've never found anybody that likes this rule. I, I don't even think a lot of offensive players like the rule. Why are we keeping this thing? Like who, who are we, who are we trying to appease here? the, the moms of the players, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like clean it up. It, it, if it, it seems to be something that's fixable.
3: And so I, I everything you said, I agree with. I, let me just say I'll, I'll defend the rules as no one ever does. The The, the purpose behind it isn't necessarily those types of hits is to get players not to do the more aggressive ones. And so it's kind of like, well, we got to be really aggressive in tie line. Cause we don't want anyone even getting close to the real line. And so, it, it, you know, you start back 10 yards of the line, of scrimmage, just to make sure that people don't get there for the, those vicious hits anymore. It is stupid. I mean, it, 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 it and again, it's one thing to get kicked out of the game. The thing that I hate about it is it impacts the next game. Like the, scrimmage. the, the, the punishment just doesn't fit the crime in those for examples. Decals. And for so, decals. yeah, if you want to penalize them 15 yards, even kick them out for a quarter or half or so, even the whole game. I can see it. But when you start going into the next week, that's where it's just ridiculous. I don't even mind the
2: rule in it itself. Like when a player launches himself and you go head to head and it's just a vicious hit. I, I get it. Like get rid of that shit. There's no, there, you don't need it in football anymore. You just don't. But when it's something as soft as that was, it's just like, you, you got to use a little judgment here. And I know big 10 officials aren't best known for their judgment,
1: but come on. Well, the, the rule doesn't, allow for any judgment either so the way it's written so that's what's the biggest
2: i get well, it that's right wow. and that's what they need to change they need they need to allow for some judgment
1: so jeff I, I need to ask you uh nebraska you know you've seen their struggles over the last several years have you ever seen a big 10 team uh consistently collapse the way nebraska does i mean it doesn't even have to be a big 10 team it could be any team have you seen any team collapse the way nebraska does
0: you know, when you, when you had texted me this question, um, you know, I tried to brainstorm. I, I don't <laughs> I don't have the greatest memory in the world. But like my general feel is that, you, no, I have not, because <laughs> typically what you see is runs by, you know, Northwestern or, or Rutgers or Indiana where they're just awful. Right. And they're not they, they maybe rise up once out of every five games to not get killed. You know, but other than that, they're getting killed in games for what Nebraska has pulled off with having so many games be so close with a chance to win, but not win them. No, I, in, in my memory, I don't remember that being, that happening to any program.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, they're the unluckiest team ever. I and mean, it's been like, I remember like when Scott Frost, You know, early on in the year, everyone was like, oh, the bad luck, it's got to change. It's got to bounce back our way. Tyler used to be, he would always say that shit. It never bounced back our way. You remove Scott Frost, what happens? The same shit continues. (laughs) So
2: it's Uh, crazy. And I think that's that's why this game was such a kick in the balls, was because, god dang it, I started feeling like maybe it could change.
0: And (laughs) and it didn't. And it didn't. And it took the the last 10
2: minutes for it to not
0: happen. As far as luck and unlock, it's always tough to comment on for me. What really blows my mind is just how many different scripts Nebraska has used to to lose games, you know, a shootout but lost like purdue, you know in in, in front the whole time, but you know special teams cause it. The offense looks great one week. then the defense that's that's what blows my mind i've I've never seen it spread around like that, yeah
1: uh, Derek Tyler, so well Derek, you just talked about uh kicking the nuts. Where does this game rank in the uh, terms of being kicked in the nuts the hardest, I guess, for the year?
0: <laughs> I there. think your nuts are just numb by now, aren't they? <laughs> like, like <right. laughs> No,
1: unfortunately not.
2: Because I'll tell you, I was more pissed off after this game than I have been probably any other game this year. Except really? Maybe, okay. maybe Georgia Southern, maybe. But even Georgia Southern, I remember sitting there talking to Justin and Tyler. And I just remember thinking, yeah, it's par for the course. I don't know why this game just pissed me off so bad, but you see those videos of people just breaking their TVs after games? I kind of felt like doing that. <laughs> I, wouldn't really, I wouldn't really do it because I have enough self-composure not to do something like that. And I don't have money to
3: buy a new TV like that. But, <laughs> God, I was pissed after that game. Hey, Justin, I'm a little bit different than Derek. Like, I don't think this is one of my three worst losses of the year. Like I'm just like, yeah, losing – to be the only team to lose the Northwestern, pretty shitty. Georgia Southern, pretty shitty. Oklahoma, who's barely going bowling, losing them by 60 points. Giving up, I mean, pretty bad. Like, this sucked, but mean eh, I mean, That's you're Oklahoma's too definitely – You didn't care. You just wanted to find heat. Oh, I was so pissed. I told my wife too. I was like, you know, the thing is, there's a chance Wisconsin just blows the top off of us. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that happens. Maybe we just – because I didn't know if Casey was going to play. There was all the doubt. And I was like, maybe we just goes really bad and we can leave at half. Because it was cold. And no, of course not. Of course it has to be a game where we literally are in it to the very end. So I have to sit there through the whole damn game and freeze. Like.
1: So this game did not really do anything for Mickey Joseph uh, for getting securing the job. Uh, one game left with Iowa coming up, but Jeff, as you sit back and look at the coaching search going on for Nebraska, what are your thoughts on what Nebraska should do or whatever I mean,
0: what are your thoughts? yeah, on? I mean, so obviously because it's a you know it's a big topic for the, in the big ten, you know Kurt and i are are following it well, with that being said, we're not following it as closely as Nebraska fans are because who has the time <laughs> to follow it as closely as Nebraska fans? And I, I can basically quiz some of my, you know, people that follow me because of the podcast and kind of ask them for updates and, and feel like I get a good feel. Um, so I understand that there have been times where it felt like it was a done deal for this guy or that guy. And then there's been times as recently as last week where I felt like you don't even have a coach on the list right now that it, it, it's felt, felt like that. So it's been compelling to follow it just from a non Nebraska fan. I can't imagine what it's like filing it for, for a uh, Husker fans like you guys. So from the outside, well, do you think go ahead, Derek? Sorry. There's, there's no secret. That, I mean, Trevor Albers has kept
2: this very close to his chest. I mean, this is probably one of the tightest lipped I've ever seen of any of our ADs in the past three or four of them. Uh, but
0: you're right. It's, it's it's a new candidate every week. I still have I still have faith in Trev Alberts. I just want to say that. OK, I, so I, I do. Too.
1: I. That's going to be my question as an outsider. Do you think Trev Alberts is going to botch this?
0: No, I, this I high? Let, okay. let me let me say this. I don't know if he'll hit a home run higher, but I will say if if it's not a home run higher, I can assure you that nobody in his position would have done a better job of hiring somebody. OK, that I hope that I hope that made sense on what I meant by that.
1: Can you give us like uh, some coaches in that context of guys that would be I don't know, in that realm?
0: Oh, like, I mean, uh, I mean, as, you, you mean as far as like a good hire? Yeah, like, that I, I mean, Matt Rule would be I'll, here's this is the best way. Here's the guys I don't want to see get hired <laughs> as, as an Iowa fan. I I don't want to see Matt Rule. I don't want to see Leopold. And I as heck don't want to see. Um, uh Luke Feckle. And I do think Luke Feckle is is still a candidate. Um, by the way, I don't want to see Dave Aranda either. I don't think he is personally, I, I, I don't I don't think he's a candidate, but what the heck do I know? You know, like he 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 could be. So those four guys right there to me, I guess Chris Kleinman, I'm maybe not as I wouldn't be as jazzed for Chris Kleinman if I was a Nebraska fan. Um, but any one of those four guys that I would throw climbing in, climbing in there, you know, a level below those guys, those would all be really good hires.
1: Okay, good. Hopefully
2: so next climbing week- to climbing to me is up there. He, he's, he's climbing the ranks pretty fast. Sure. I he's done nothing but win. He's won championships in a lower level. He's proven. He's already proving at the case state that he can win. And, and honestly, K State probably wins the West this year if they're if they were in the Big Ten. They're playing yeah. good ball. I, I I like what he does. I he plays good defense and he has good offense.
0: And let's be honest. I, I mean, I don't think I'm ruffling any feathers when I say after what you know Scott Frost put down for an effort for the last four years, any one of those coaches is going to be an upgrade. I think we've seen an upgrade the rest of the year just from what bill bush and mickey have been able to do so like i I think those two will remain on staff maybe a couple other guys but almost for sure mickey and i feel pretty good about bill bush remaining on staff as well so you start with those two guys and then you just have a strong voice that's more of a ceo voice that's just been there before you know literally has just been in that spot before you know i i I feel like things were going to look better pretty quick now does that mean nine ten wins next year right away that i think that's a lot to ask um but yet again i'm i'm trying to look at this as switzerland as i can but i see i see rival fan bases saying that you know it's going to take five years for nebraska to be good again kansas got good in two years you know so if kansas can get good in two years, they're not great. You know, they've fallen off here as of late. But I'm just saying, like, you know, if Kansas can get to a bowl game in year two with a coach, obviously Nebraska can do the same thing.
1: You know, there's seven teams in the top 15 right now that uh, have a head coach that's been there for one or two years.
0: Crazy, saw that. Yeah. It's a crazy stat. Yeah.
1: So, on well, the tra- with the transfer portal,
2: it's a little easier to turn over a roster than it used to be. Are, you yeah. still got to recruit. And you still got to be able to get some of these guys. And they're getting kids out of the portal is not an easy thing, especially when you're looking for linemen like Nebraska would obviously be looking for. Uh, I I think I've seen one lineman had like over 80 offers at one point. Damn. So, I mean, although the good linemen are going to get offers because everybody wants good linemen.
1: Yep. All right. So let's talk about Iowa here. This is why you're here. You're the Iowa guy. Iowa seven and four and five and three in the Big Ten. Uh, my first question to you, because we were talking about unlucky. And uh, how is it that Iowa seems to be so goddamn lucky every single game? It seems like they might be out of it, and then all of a sudden a huge defensive play or special teams play just changes the game. I mean, we kind of saw that last year with uh against Nebraska and Iowa, you know, the block punt and change the course of the game. But it seems like this year when the uh, your offense hasn't been good. It's like Nebraska level now. I mean with two shitty offenses. But uh you I was finding ways to win, but it's like seems like lucky uh against Minnesota. Last, yeah.
3: Last week, I mean there was three times that I thought Minnesota, they're going in, they're gonna score, they're gonna put this thing up, and then nope,
0: no, they aren't. They're they Yeah, I mean I felt like when when you we were talking about lucky and unlucky with Nebraska, I, I already tried to you know poo poo that because I felt like this we were gonna head this direction anyways. Um, yeah. when I get interviewed for stuff, it's people are always amazed by it. Um, DMs, you know, and conversations and whatnot. I don't want to sit here and say that there isn't some luck involved in, in 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 you know in almost any team. You know, like even if you looked back at the great Nebraska teams, there's one or two games a year where you got lucky in a game, you know, to win, like it, it happens. Um, With that being said, it just happens too often with Iowa. The script plays out like this way too often since about 2015, really, but really 2018, where they've really started leaning heavily on the defense and special teams. And when it happens that consistently, especially with the turnovers, it's, it's just not luck. It's, it's, it's well-coached players believing that they're going to make a play. And when you have guys that stay, you know, dialed into the game style, dial, stay dialed into the game plan, your chances of getting something to happen increase each series. And eventually every quarterback does the same thing. They, they want to try to make a play for their team and they force the ball. Iowa is very, very good at getting a hand on the ball and always having an extra guy or two near the ball And that's where the interceptions come so much. So it's coached. It's coached well. Um, You do need a willing participant on the other side of the ball to throw the ball in harm's way, but eventually teams do it. And then Iowa takes advantage.
1: Yeah. It's you, you create your own luck in those things, but it's just, it's really frustrating watching a team like Nebraska, just shit the bed week in week out at the craziest ways. And you see Iowa, they never have these issues. It's like, it's nuts, but what's, uh, kudos what's crazy.
0: To what's crazy is I, I try to articulate this on the pod. I don't think I ever do a good job, but like, I do wish, you know, like you three guys could live one game as an Iowa fan, you know, So it, it is so weird because when your defense is on the field, you fully expect them to, to turn the, the, to turn the offense over. It's weird. Like it, you come to expect it. Now you balance that on on the other side where if the offense gets a first down, you're, you're, you know, it's borderline erotic. Uh, <laughs> like it's just crazy. Like it is, a, it is a unique fan experience that Iowa fans have had for three, four, five years now. But before we kind of get into this game, I mean, I, I know you,
3: and what you're saying is right. I mean, they do it too often, but last week against Minnesota, they gave up nearly 400 yards to Minnesota. Minnesota had the ball 10 more times. I believe they got in the red zone twice in the fourth quarter and got zero points out of it and I wins. and it's just, and I get it that it's coach, but like,
0: I mean, but when you look at the guys making the plays, right, Jack Campbell punches the ball out to force the fumble, Riley Moss, you know, tips the ball up in the air, Jack Campbell picks it off. That's two all Americans right there. I don't know what to say. Like if those two guys aren't all Americans, then those plays probably aren't made, but they are developed into being studs and studs make plays. Yeah, that's fair.
1: So what is behind Iowa's turnaround over the last four weeks? Because it's kind of been, it's had to be a little bit of a roller coaster for you, right? What preseason, we did our uh, big 10 predictions and I had Iowa winning the big 10 West. It's like, they're definitely going to win it. And then uh, their offense sucked. And they just didn't look a good team. Looked like a good team. They had a good defense, good special teams, but where were they going to come up with these points? We do a uh, Husker Cuzcast uh, Big Ten rankings every Sunday, and we had Iowa as low as number ten uh, at some point. But over the last four weeks, they're just stacking all these wins, and they do not look like the same team like they did at the first half. What do you put behind that? What, what's be behind that turnaround there?
0: I mean, two-thirds of the team looks the exact same. I mean, the defense and special yeah. teams have been great all year. The the Iowa offense upgraded from historically putrid to below average. I mean, that's the difference. <laughs> and, and yeah. it's and, you know, like, I find myself becoming a Brian Ferentz apologist to a, a certain degree, and, like, it's not that and, – and when I do that, I've had a contentious relationship with Iowa fans via Twitter and through the podcast this year, where any Iowa fans basically saying, I hope we lose out so that there's major changes. I will never, accept. I will never root for a Hawkeye loss. I, I, I have not come up with a scenario. So, so any fans that have that defeatist attitude, they can get bad. So anyways, that's a side story. I just went on a rant there. I apologize. But anyways, you know, like, I started seeing some positive things four or five games ago, even before they started winning. And essentially what it meant was finally our offensive line started gelling and staying healthy a little bit. We were down to nobody (laughs) at receiver. We had no receivers out there and our running backs were dinged up. Like, I don't know what to say. Like it, it was a full system meltdown and then the offensive line gets a little bit better. You start getting some of the receivers back. You're running your freshman running back takes the reins in the backfield. And it's just it's it. And I think we actually even talked about it when I was last time I was here four or five weeks ago where I, I said it's not going to be wholesale changes. It's going to have to be small incremental improvements each week. That is literally exactly what they've done. And then because of that they haven't been turning the ball over. So that that is what it is. They're 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 playing, like, again, not good, not even average, just below average offense, but not turning the ball over and at the same time forcing turnovers. It's kind of back to the recipe of, of last year, and that's why they're winning games. So what are your
1: thoughts on Spencer Petras over the second half of the season so far?
0: Certainly better, and it's because – you know, like he looked better versus Minnesota. Why Minnesota does not have a pass rush. They cannot get to the quarterback. So the offensive line gave him time. Nobody's ever doubted Spencer Petrus's arm. I mean, the guy can, can sling it, but he has to have, he has to be in rhythm. He has to have a clean pocket and, and throw. So when you, when you give that to Petras, he'll, he'll look fine. Not great. Fine. Uh, so that's what's happened. He's just had a little bit better throwing lanes, um, little bit better receivers, you know, that have been able to to be a little bit um, uh, more steady for him, and he and he's looked a little bit better. But in the end, he's not turning the ball over. That's that again has been the big difference between uh, Petrus looking a little bit better than he had in the you know the first five four or five games.
1: Okay, uh, so looking at Nebraska uh, facing Iowa, what can Nebraska really do to? Compete, maybe even win the game. And what would Nebraska's best advantage even be in this game?
0: Um, oof. um I'm if I'm being honest, like it's hard to find come up a, with one, a, <laughs> a clear cut. I I want to say this so The way you asked the question is tough for me to answer, but there's things I can be positive about, which is Colton Feast is, is turned into a dang good, you know, run stopping defensive lineman. I know he's not necessarily getting to the quarterback a whole bunch. But he's impressed me. Um, Hausman, uh, the freshman, that guy is all over yeah. making plays. I'm going to screw it up again. Is it Reimer that's still playing? Did Reimer, I screw it up again? Right. Reimer. So those guys look good, you know. Um, so a lot of uh, some young guys are playing. Maybe some guys that if I was a Nebraska fan, I'd be thinking, I don't know, maybe these guys could have played before that. Or maybe they've just developed, you know, and they've been put under better positions to succeed under under um bush you know and i think that's what's happened so like the rushing stats don't look good the last four games why because you've played illinois michigan wisconsin and minnesota and all four of those teams can can run the ball but i do see improvements on how schematically the the, the uh, nebraska front seven has looked in the past four or five games well,
3: you talked about that, and and last week was a little bit different, but because uh, Braylon Allen had a he he kicked one outside, but against Quorum, Quorum's long against Nebraska was 12 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, I'm gonna get the stats wrong, but uh, 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 Brown, I think Brown's long was nine yards against us, so we're not getting gashed running, and I think that goes to linebackers, where the challenge is against these really good offensive lines. They're bullying us. They're they're able to get three, four yards of carry and they're able to push a little bit where yeah, we're not getting any guys in the backfield to kind of disrupt the play. And we're doing well at tackling and we're not letting people get free, but it it's it's some tough offensive lines in this big but ten. So
2: it's it's also part of the reason why Nebraska's averaging like twenty three minutes a game holding the ball right now. Yeah. I mean we go in four or five four or yards, yards five a carry. Game. Because that's what but, they're doing. They're just nickel and diming you to death. And they're just – they're doing what Wisconsin's kind of always done. Uh, Nebraska used to do it
3: years ago. Uh, they just control the clock. But but let me ask you, Jeff Jeffrey, like is Iowa – I mean people that haven't watched a lot of Iowa football because, I mean, unless you have money on the game, watching some Iowa games it would be pretty miserable. And by the way, I I have lost so much money betting Iowa. I, I cannot predict what they're going to do. And I keep thinking, there's no way this under is going to hit. There's no way 32 points is going to hit. It's the lowest that – of course it does. But no more. But, like, can Iowa do what Minnesota did and Michigan did? Is their offensive line quite that caliber? Or does Nebraska actually have a shot to kind of slow them down a little bit more?
0: Oh, yeah. they. I. What you kind of said is is fits into what I think. Um, I, I – I have pretty good confidence that I will will run the ball somewhat successfully uh, to the level that the last four teams you faced did. I, I don't think so. you know like our, our running back isn't as good as any of the games you just faced. Our offensive line maybe is pretty close to being as good as Wisconsin's, but you know not as good as those other offensive line maybe Illinois, I guess. Um, so no, I, I not to that level. But that's not Iowa's game. Iowa doesn't need to get to 270 yards rushing to fit the game plan. They need to get to about 140. You know, if they get to 150, 170, you start feeling really good. Then the play action off of the, you know, the run and and getting it out to the tight end and the, and the crossers and stuff, that stuff starts to come alive. So I think there's enough there where Iowa can... You know, keep Nebraska off balance to a certain degree, but I certainly wouldn't set the over/under for for total yards for Iowa any higher than 280, 290.
1: Not much, okay. I
0: what mean, you... the way I look at it is, I mean, Iowa had like 400 some yards against Northwestern and really kind of shut it down. Pretty much the same thing versus Purdue and then shut it down. I mean, Iowa had like 250 yards total offense or something like that against Purdue in the first half and they just shut it down. So I I I don't I don't think it'll look quite that successful, especially as successful as it looked versus Northwestern. But I also think it'll look better than what it the offense looked versus Minnesota and Wisconsin. Because I mean let's be honest, I just don't think Nebraska's defense is is up to the level that Wisconsin and Minnesota are at. I mean one tweet I put out this week is everybody, you know, shat all over Iowa's offense for only having 146 versus wisconsin and i warned people i said yeah watch what wisconsin's defense does the rest of the year because i see them rounding into form and i think you guys got like 175 or something like 176. that and, 176 don't short. 176. us <laughs> all right so like i'm just saying like you know those are those are some tough defenses i was gonna has gone against i think that'll look i'm hoping a little bit better but sam laporta being out is a major concern for for me and other iowa fans um so so that, I was going to get to that. Is he yeah, definitely no. out? He's out. Yep.
1: What
2: yep. is uh, the
0: injury? I don't know. Lower leg. Lower leg? Okay. Um,
2: to, to, to be fair, Justin, he was actually giving us a little credit because we only had 171 against Johnson.
1: Oh, there we go. Damn it. I don't like your source. <laughs> I thought it was one. Okay. Whatever. I, 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 I will tell you this. I, I, I'm
2: going to go back to that Iowa Minnesota game just for, just for one more second because the craziest thing in this game is just blows me away. You guys gave up 312 rushing yards in this game. And it, I, I'm going to tell you right now, there are not very many games. And I, I don't know this for a fact. I haven't done the research on it. There are not very many
0: games a team rushes for 300 yards plus and loses that game. Most yards rushing Iowa had given up in a game since 1993. Is that right? And, wow. Yep. And, so, and somehow held, held, held them to 10 points. It, it's just yep. crazy. Iowa, Iowa is a stats buster. Every every stat that you look at that looks like they should lose, they they pull those games out. Yeah, Nebraska's the opposite. You
2: look at the stats and it's like, God dang, they probably should have won that game. Oh no, they didn't.
1: <sighs> Do you have an over under for uh, Nebraska's total offense against Iowa?
0: What would you throw? Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska had more yards than Iowa in this game. Now. Um, well, I think it'll be. Cl- I think it would be close. If if Nebraska had more yards, it wouldn't be by a ton. Um, I mean, the number I'm looking at is how many points you put on the board. The only two teams that have scored more than ten points on Iowa are Michigan and Ohio State. The other nine opponents have scored ten points or less. That is just, it's incredible. It's an absolutely incredible stat. We we are almost a Black Friday, and only two teams have scored over. T- points. So to me, that's the number I'm trying to look for is can Iowa hold Nebraska to 10 points or less? If they can do that, I think Iowa can win the game, you know, 14 to 10, something like that. I mean, that's, I don't think it's, it's going to be that many more points in the game than that. Um, I don't know my exact score yet, but the under looks good to me. Um, and because I think, I think Nebraska will, will bow up more than what it seems like a lot of Iowa fans think they will.
2: I'll yep. tell you, I'll tell you this was Iowa's key to the game to me is just stay within 10 points by the fourth quarter. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll, we'll find, we'll find a way to blow it at that point. I, I mean, mean, I know you're kind of being facetious with that, but like, you know, as long as it's a close game towards the end, you start feeling better for Iowa. Cause they've just, they've played it. It's not so much a, get a shot at Nebraska. It's just how many times Iowa has been in those positions. Now, don't get me wrong. I would like it, you know, I would like it to be 23 to three in the fourth quarter and, and, and have it be over. I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. Hey, one Nebraska thing, you know, I think you'd be really happy with that. <laughs> um, One thing that I do want to point out is the interesting thing to me is the game plan that Mark Whipple is going to do. Um, This is his last game. Colin plays at Nebraska. He don't give a shit, right? I mean, honestly, like just go for broke. So, there is a potential that it could be a blowout. Why? Because Casey Thompson just forces balls because Mark Whipple just doesn't even try to get the running game going. And, and they just try to try to essentially beat Iowa through the air. And because of that, there are sacks, there are turnovers, and that leads to Iowa scoring. The other side of it though, is you hit Trey Palmer on big plays. You find Travis Volkelec across the middle. Suddenly Iowa's defense is back on its heels. That is what I'm going to be looking at the first, you know, series or two in this game is what Whipple's going to do to try to attack this defense.
3: Well, you said that, and that that that's the me. I mean, I I don't know if we're to this point, Justin, but if Nebraska's going to win this game, that's how it's going to happen. We're going to get Trey Palmer over the top once or twice because I mean, the way you laid out the game, like there ain't a team hitting 20 points in this game. So if Nebraska gets to, you know, two big touchdowns over the top and, you know, you get another – I mean, it's going to be hard to imagine I would doing it, vice versa, if Nebraska can't do that. Like, I can't see our red zone offense popping. I, I mean, like, unless we can get big plays, we're not going to score inside the 15. So, I mean, it's kind of like we need to get all the way there on these big plays. Um, agree. Is kind of how I see the game having to play
0: out. That is a great point. Um yeah. And and yeah. yeah, I mean, I like I don't know if this is a perfect example, because obviously these are different personnel groups and, and X's and O's. But the the teams that Iowa have had struggles issues with are passing teams that honestly, to a certain degree, don't even run the ball, a.k.a. Purdue. And it's not just enough to be a pass heavy team. You have to be a pass heavy team with a stud at wide receiver. If Trey Palmer is him, you know, if he is that guy that's good enough to get behind Riley Moss because he gets caught peeking in the backfield, it's, it's like, if Nebraska wins the game, it is, it is Casey Thompson to Trey Palmer.
1: All right. (laughs) I, I guess I'll
2: take it's
0: possible it is definitely possible and it's supposed to be a really nice day in yeah. Iowa city on friday okay yeah.
2: but well, that's our that's our only shot because I will tell you this mark Whipple probably will not run the ball
0: i i, I would not I, I we have this joke that we do on the podcast where it's the I tried line. Like, you could point to the stat and say, hey, look, we, we ran the ball this many times to prove that we tried to run the ball. I think we have it at, like, 21 or something like that. I, I, I don't know if Whipple will get there.
1: But, I mean, that offensive line is so freaking bad. I mean, what what do you do in that scenario when, you know, you just – you can't run the ball. I mean, do you yeah it, continue trying to run? Like, it I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Terrible. it really
2: doesn't matter if there's it really doesn't matter if there's a hole because old grant boy he's uh very good about dancing around the backfield no matter whether there's a hole or not
0: i i i feel bad for, okay i understand what you're saying and anybody that loves watching old school football loves watching a running back run downhill but those you know nebraska offensive lines that you used to see in you know back in the day that's why those running backs were so confident to hit the hole and go poor Anthony grant. He probably, the hole is supposed to be in the C gap. It's on the B gap on the opposite side as the play, you know, winds up developing. Like I, I've been in that position before. It's a, it's a rough existence. Thank you.
3: I I listen to these guys talk about it dancing all the time. I'm like, he's trying to find something. I agree. But
1: but don't bitch that Mark Whipple doesn't want to run it when you can't
3: run it. There's
0: nothing, but we can't
3: pass it either. We can't pass block. It's not like we have it's a any, conundrum. It's a conundrum. It, yeah. I mean, you have, if nothing else, the run has to at least keep the passing game honest. Like that, that is what the purpose If If, if it can't be successful, which I know I hammered for weeks that we got to run the ball. We got to run the ball because we did have success at points. Wisconsin, Against we obviously didn't. No, I mean, Minnesota, we ran the ball fine. Uh, Illinois, we ran the ball fine. We just didn't run it. We ran it for, like, five yards of carry. We just didn't try. And the the the, the problem is Wisconsin obviously was anom- – well, not anomaly. We didn't run it against Wisconsin. We didn't run it against Minnesota. But, like, you have to keep the, the defense honest. Like, you can't sit there and say, oh, they're going to pass it. Like, even if it's second and eight, that's better than second and ten. I agree. Don't
1: convince me. Convince the guy that's been coaching this shit for 45 years. Well,
3: And then then can I ask, and and I I don't just back to the Wisconsin game, like one play that was worked really well for Nebraska is an extension of a run, being a bubble screen, like, like Trey Palmer getting that ball in the backfield and running has been a highly effective play. I went and looked up every time he's caught a bubble screen, he's averaging seven yards a catch on those Wisconsin zero bubble screens. Like, it's like, Oh, we have a play that actually kind of works. That's an extension of the run.
0: No, no, no. We don't want to do that. That's we've come we've come full circle now. Now we we got Nebraska fans calling for the the bubble screens because we have a quarterback that can complete that pass. Right. It's I've watched right. years Adrian Martinez throw that thing in
3: the dirt. Yeah. And now we have a player that can run it. We have a quarterback that can complete it, and we lose that play in our playbook. It's just not fair. It's just not
2: fair. <laughs> so Surprise stat on... of the week, though. Iowa gives up more sacks in Nebraska.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think the mobility of our quarterback plays into that quite a bit. But it's a fact. It's a fact.
1: So we touched on some keys to the game, Jeff. Do you have any other keys to this to the game?
0: I mean, the one key, you know, that isn't consistent in every game is, is every turnover, you know, that ne- Nebraska is negative in this game. Their chances of winning the game decrease by – you know, something like that. I don't know what it is. So um, I know that the Iowa running backs and Petrus are going to be coached up over and over again to not force the ball, not fumble. Um, And and so that's where it is. Like Nebraska has got to keep it on the advantage for them, or even, you know, with both teams being zero in the turnover, that that's where it's got to stay for Nebraska.
1: Tyler, do you have a cue to the game that you want to offer?
3: I mean, I think it comes down to Casey Thompson. I mean, to the same point. Like you need him to play his best game as a Husker. Um, it, it can't be he's just good. It can't be that he just protects the ball. He's got to throw the ball in tight windows. He's got to do it all because I don't see the running game showing up. I, I've that that is you got to try it, but it, it's him putting on a cape. That that is that is how it's gonna happen. Um, if Nebraska could do it, Derek. Uh, I'm gonna go the opposite side of you there, Tyler. This is.
2: Statistically, the worst offense we've faced all year. Uh, this defense needs to bow up, stop them, shut them down, maybe force a turnover or two themselves. Like you're gonna, the defense is gonna have to do something to help this offense out because the offense
3: ain't gonna do it on their own. A bold prediction, Spencer Petri. What I don't know what his best game of the season is, but. I fast forward in about three days. That's when uh, his best game of the season is going to be. I I think he might go for
0: 300 against us. Not without Laporta. That's not going to happen. I hope you're right.
1: Jeff, I got to ask you a question as a former player. uh, We all know that Nebraska, they're not playing for anything for the game bowl game. It's not going to happen, but there is something to play for as playing spoiler against Iowa, winning the big 10 West. So as a former player, is that enough to give you motivation to go out final game when nothing else matters that you can play spoiler.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I got to assume most of the guys on the team feel about football the way I did, which is, you know, I've loved it since I was six years old, you know, so to go out and play, to get geared up, you know, like my guess is middle of the week. It's tough, you know, like practicing football when you're on a losing team, that's like the first ring of hell right there, man. It's the worst. But if you can get through the week and get to the game and feel good about the game plan, those first couple series are huge. You know, like if you can, even if it's zero zero after, you know, each team has the ball twice, you're still in the game, you're still fighting. So the start of the game for games like this is very important, but yeah, if you're into the second, third quarter and you're still in the, in the game, absolutely. It's enough.
1: Okay. Well, we're hoping that uh, Mickey Joseph keeps preaching that this team hasn't quit. And, you know, we're not seeing any quit out of them, but it does kind of make you wonder, uh, you know, after that devastating loss against Wisconsin and going on the road to Iowa, if that would be enough, you know, I mean, to stay engaged. So hopefully they they stay engaged and we see an excellent game Uh but let's get to score predictions. Uh, Jeff, I know you're going to save this for your podcast, which will be on Wednesday night.
0: Uh, it's either Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, Dustin Shudi and I are trying to get our schedules down, but we'll get we'll get it out before Thanksgiving.
1: Okay. Uh, so, Tyler, what is your score prediction for the Iowa Nebraska game?
3: Well, I I, I think I was going to move the ball more than they have some of the games this season. Um, and I think I do think Casey Thompson comes out and plays. I mean. I, I mean, the the guy has shown a lot of toughness last week too. Coming back from an injury, running the ball a lot. I, I think he comes out and plays a really good effort. Um, I just think Nebraska has trouble putting the ball in the end zone. Um, ultimately, I got Iowa winning seventeen to sixteen.
1: 17,
2: 16. Derek. I, I think our defense is probably better than what Tyler is getting credit for. I think they'll find a way to shut down Iowa. Um. It won't be enough in the end because Nebraska's offense has been so inept in the last five weeks. And I just don't see it getting better right now. Uh, I, I have Iowa winning
1: 13-3. 13-3. And I have no- uh, not Nebraska winning. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I have Iowa winning 16-10. to 10. Uh, I think we may be, be, may be able to keep Iowa out of the end zone, but I think they'll get us some get some field goals on us. So we all have low scoring games and it's all under
0: the under. So I, I, I feel like I almost need to pick Nebraska to win. It's never good when four hosts, you know, <laughs> goocher the team and pick it. So I, I, I'm not, I'm, but I'll just, I, I'm not oh, going to Shit, use, that's I'd a goocher <laughs> Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say my prediction just yet, but I'll say, I think it's going to be something very similar to what Justin just put Um, I'll just say that um, under Iowa wins, Nebraska covers. That's, that's, that's where, that's where I'm leaning right now.
1: Uh, I haven't checked today. What is, what is the uh, spread on the game? As we speak, it was 10 yesterday.
0: Yeah, I think it was, well, you put me on the spot here. It was 10 and a half when I just looked at it today, Um, which honestly, I mean, that surprised me when I first saw it come out. I, I thought it would be closer to, like five or six something like that so that surprised me and then it surprised yeah. me even more when it went up so uh we're still sitting I, I was, at we're still sitting at 10 and a half the over under has actually gone up we're at we're at 38 i mean that's getting pretty high right there holy cow
1: is that the easiest I was, money i of
0: the was week? I, I i don't want the over i'll say that much
2: <laughs> I, I was shocked because we opened up with wisconsin at 13 and being on the road, I thought Wisconsin would be much. I thought they would be at least a little bit favored
0: more than what Wisconsin was. So that's Those saying twenty-four. I to, think that's saying twenty-four to thirteen. That's what Vegas is saying right now. I mean, I. It's, it's not going I'm
2: mean, It's not. I just don't see Nebraska scoring much at all. And I, I mean, to be fair, I guess I technically have Nebraska covering too, by half a point.
1: Yeah. Uh. All right, well, one more game, and uh us Nebraska fans can call it a fucking
3: season
0: <laughs> please,
3: <laughs> please Trev, get this coach hire, right i,
0: I, I, I mean, ironically has has it felt like you've had a banana up your tailpipe for pretty much the last six or seven or se- uh, six or seven uh weeks yeah i mean it it's, it it's honestly shocking that we like I mean, I'll be honest if you weren't here tonight, Jeffrey, like I don't know if I would have been here. Sometimes I, I, it
1: gets to be a chore to put, turn out a podcast. I like, mean,
0: hey, and I know it's a chore even when things are fun. So t- hats off to you guys. I mean, honestly, I look forward to your podcast every week. You say at least one, if not three, just ridiculous things that just make me die <laughs> laughing every time. So I, I, for me, you know, me being on your podcast, I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys can keep hitting record. Well, <laughs> it, it, as long as shove gets his higher, right? And, you know, the thing is,
3: is almost no matter what, whoever we hire, I'm going to convince is the right hire. Of course. And
0: let's just be honest here. Like, and I I'm glad you said that because I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet. But whoever that coach is going to be, I feel like I know how it's going to go, which is some fans are going to be extremely happy. Some fans are going to be disappointed. But by July, July. Everybody's gonna love that hire and pretty much be saying like I don't know how we don't go eight and four this year. Yeah, you can already see it. So, so
3: a guy who I don't think would be a great hire, it, it, but it came out last week, the big rumor, or maybe it was two weeks ago, was the Dion Express, Coach Prime. Yeah. And you want to talk about Nebraska being the off-season champs? Like you just hang that banner right now if that happened. Like that. Yeah. That would be. I mean, it would be amazing. Your Twitter would
0: be so annoying. Um, oh, boy. I, I would probably have to mute a couple different words uh, during that time <laughs> frame. Um, the funny thing is, uh, speaking of Dion, uh, when Dustin Schutte and I first talked about potential candidates five, six, whatever weeks ago it was, um, he wanted to bring up Dion. And I said, you go ahead and bring him up, and I'm going to make fun of you as soon as you, you bring him up. So he didn't, he didn't bring him up. And then as time went on, I'm like, dang, DS, I, I think Dion's a viable candidate. And then he brought it up in the last podcast. And in all honesty, he kind of talked me into it a little bit. It, it, it definitely would provide some good some good uh, uh, talking points for people like us.
1: Well, I mean, shoot, if he can get a five star kid to go to an HBCU, I mean, what could he do at Nebraska with the facilities and NIL money? I mean, it would be, and be it would in Division be incredible. one
3: and be yep. in a D1 school. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. It'd be incredible. Uh, it's not going to happen. But uh, so we're going to get to our games of the week here. Uh, just to recap real quick. Uh, I went four and two to go forty one and thirty one on the season. Nice. I am still in Holy. third place. Whoa, that's in third.
0: I'm in third at forty one. Wait, wait. Are these just straight up? Yeah, or against the yes. spread. Oh, oh geez. Oh my God. No. I was gonna say. All right. God, I wish now, it would be now I'm not yeah. nearly as impressed. Okay. No, I thought no. that was against I thought that was against the spread. I was gonna fly you guys out to Vegas.
1: No, <laughs> no. Nope, nope, sadly, it's just straight up. Tyler, you, you can still three, fly us out three. to Vegas
0: if you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look into that.
1: I can spend some money. Uh Tyler, you're in second at 44 and 28. Derek, you won back to back weeks at five to one. Uh, and you are now 48 and 24. You're uh, spacing out between Tyler. So, Tyler, you wanted to talk all that shit over the first six games of the year, and uh, man, you're probably going to end up in last.
3: Well, I'm not. I didn't pick Nebraska this week, so that's an automatic. That's true. So I, I've given up on my Huskers. I mean, I think that's the reason I've started to fall. Just,
0: is Can I just say I reject all of this reverse psychology that you guys got going on right now for the Black Friday game. I reject it all. I do not accept it.
3: I want it so bad. I want to be eating my turkey sandwich and watching Nebraska win. That's what I want more than anything. But no, it's just not. (laughs) Next year. Next year it'll happen.
1: All right. Let's breeze through these here. We have our first game, Kansas at Kansas State. Kansas state is 12 point favorites. This is a coach uh, or a game of two potential Nebraska coaches. Uh, Jeff, do you have a pick?
0: Yeah, Kansas, you know, they kind of almost seem like they got to their goal, which is to be bowl eligible this year. Uh, Vegas has been on them for the last couple of weeks. uh, So I'm I'm just going to stick with it and say Kansas state wins by two touchdowns or more.
1: All right, Derek.
2: I, I tend to agree. Uh, I like Kansas. I like what they've done. He had some bad luck losing that quarterback. Uh, they've lost four of the last five. Their only win was against Oklahoma State, who's just fallen to pieces, too. And so, I, I Kansas State's just rolling right now. And I, I think Kansas State's a better team.
3: Tyler. Yeah, I mean, Derek, you kind of hit that with the Kansas losing their quarterback. There's definitely a direct correlation in their performance since then. Um, K-State has too much to lose. I mean, they win? They're going to the big 12 championship. I, I, I think this is actually a close game. I don't know if I think it's a two touchdown game. Um, but I, I think K-State just has too much to lose a uh, little bit better at that quarterback position right now. Um, they, they could survive the injury to Adrian Martinez, uh, Kansas can't survive the backup quarterback. So I, I got KSU.
1: Yep. Make that all four. I have Kansas state also, and I gotta say, I, I feel I'm happy for Adrian Martinez that he's actually going to be able to participate in a bowl game this year. Pretty cool for him. He made and the right by, choice. to lead. And
3: by participate, you mean sit on the
0: bench because he's injured. Like that just sucks. It sucks. Yeah, but you know what? And he
1: gets to go on vacation
0: for no sure. Pressure. And 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 I tell you what, like to to try to at least give a little bit of credit back to Scott Frost. Adrian Martinez has looked like Adrian Martinez at Kansas State as well i mean he's up and down and injured which is pretty much how he spent his entire time in lincoln so you know that's i true. think that's at least worth mentioning i mean it's,
3: it's also worth mentioning that like everyone who wanted to get rid of scott frost and adrian martinez like while they maybe shouldn't have been great our offense has not been the same without those two
1: yeah there's yeah uh number 12 oregon three point favorites at number 23 oregon state jeff
0: is that the apple cup or is that washington washington state that's Washington that's Washington. washington state. State. yeah, yeah. What is, what's this it, one this one Man. used to
2: be the civil war i don't know what
0: they call oh yeah we can't say that
3: it's pc course. it's pc now yeah um what well, is that out don't worry about the civil what's, War. what's what's oh. the
1: line at that game again three oregon by yeah. three
0: yeah i tell you what um i don't know not as in love with oregon as other people i think this is at oregon state i believe right. um I I, I like the Beavers at home, catching uh, being the the dog at home. So I'll take the Beavers to win outright. Wow, Uh, Derek. I, you know, Oregon's coming off two
2: really big games, one loss, one win. I, I don't know what to take out of Oregon right now, but I still think they're better than Oregon State. (laughs) I just do. So I'll I'll go with Oregon.
3: Tanner. Well, you want to talk about great stories in college football this season? Uh, Bo Nix, I mean, this guy leaving Auburn, um, came back. I mean, Oregon. He gets injured, comes back last week, pulls off the. I don't know if he was an upset or not, but beats Utah. Uh, big victory last weekend. Um, I mean, great story. I I think Oregon runs away with this. I I think they're they're tracking to win the Pac-12 right now. I think they're definitely in that contention. I mean that that what that coach has done. I mean. This is the bullshit with the SEC that that they get all this credit, but they get this neutral site game against Georgia in Athens, which or Atlanta, wherever it was played. I mean, it's just BS. But I mean, Oregon's a much better team since week one, and I I think they're rolling right now.
1: Something's goofy about this game because of the line. I would have expected Mm -hmm. Oregon to be a lot higher than this, but uh, Oregon State, they're nine and two against the spread. And Oregon, they're 8-3 and three against the spread. So, I mean, this is interesting. I, I just think I, – I hate to do this, but the obvious team is Oregon, which probably means bet the shit out of Oregon State. But <laughs> still, I, I am going to take Oregon uh, in this because I just think that they can win. I don't, I don't care about covering. I just need to t- beat Tyler's ass. So, uh,
3: Wait, so did you pick Oregon?
1: I did take Oregon. So we
3: picked the same team.
1: Yeah, because I think that's the right team. I don't need to fall be- farther behind you. Uh, next game, number 18, Notre Dame at number seven, USC. USC is five-point favorites. Uh, Jeff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll take the over in this game is what I'd like to take. Um, but I tell you what, man, <laughs> Caleb Williams is filthy. Um you know, I'm not big in Heisman talk, to be honest with you, but he's a guy that should be in the running. So to me, um, Notre Dame has pulled themselves out of a nosedive. They deserve credit for it. I thought the head coach was getting way too much shit, you know, for how bad they were at the beginning of the year. So um, not that I'm a Notre Dame fan, don't get me wrong, but I, I just think that USC is rolling too much right now, and I I, I think they're going to take this one home.
1: Derek?
2: I got first off say I really find a lot of humor in the fact that you two are fighting for last place and not even worried about catching me.
0: <laughs> There's always one good Derek coming, every pod. I love it. Boy, uh, he just he just owned you. Just owned you two right there.
1: Fuck, uh, we can't do anything. <laughs> 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 Mathematically <Yeah>. I'm eliminated.
2: <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Look, USC's they're 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 the better team. Notre Dame has done some good things since starting off as bad as they did. I won three, but they just don't have the manpower. And it's in the Coliseum. USC's playing well enough; that they're actually getting a few fans in the stands, so they have <laughs> a little little bit of uh, home field advantage at least. Uh, U- USC wins this game. I it, it'll be cl- probably closer than what people think, but it, it, I, USC will find a way to win. I think.
3: Well well Derek, I'm about to get one up on you because I'm going the opposite way. I think Notre Dame has been rolling lately. I mean, with victories over Clemson, Syracuse, uh forty-four nothing victory against Boston College, which obviously they're not world beaters. USC's been kind of just hanging on. Caleb Williams is great. Lincoln Riley's right. The rest of that roster isn't good. I don't know if Jordan Addison is even playing at this point. He's been in and out. I, I don't know what they really have. Um, I, I think the PAC 12 is slightly overrated. I, and this kind of fits the narrative of two big 10 teams making the playoffs, which is what I really want now. So I, I'm going USC losing, uh, I Notre Dame.
1: Not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. Uh, they've definitely Marcus Freeman. I mean, he looked like he was going to be the worst hire in Notre Dame history to now. I think, I think they like him again. Uh, I I'm just taking USC. The the firepower that they have is just it's insane. They're Lincoln Riley is goddamn, he can coach some offense. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh next games are the big ten games. Jeff, you'll be out. You can no, uh, I can comment. Can comment. I can comment. Yep. yep. So uh Minnesota at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is three and a half point favorites. Jeff.
0: Uh oldest rivalry. In in the history of college football, so in in the total record sits at 62, 61, and eight. I mean, just imagine all of those games they play. If Minnesota wins on Saturday, it will be tied 62, 62 to eight. I just think it's incredible, you know. The Axe is one of the the best rivalry trophies in all of college football. I think the Pig is number one. I'm biased but the ax is probably a close second. So I think this is going to be a really good game. If you are into the low scoring thing, because I think that's what's going to happen again. So I'll just say at three and a half points, I think it's too many. So I would take the points in this game. Do
1: you happen to know what the over under is in this one?
0: I think it's all the way down to 34 and a half. Last time I saw. So it's, it's low. Uh,
1: Derek. Uh, man, I tell
2: you what, I, this game was tough for me. I, I I don't know which way. I didn't really know which way to go. Uh, I essentially I'm giving Wisconsin home field advantage. I I, I again I I agree with you guys. This can be a low scoring affair, and I I think that favors uh, Wisconsin maybe a little bit better than with Minnesota. Plus I th- I as much as it pains me to say I think Graham Mertz is a slightly better quarterback than Tanner Morgan at this point. Well Tanner Morgan's not playing at this point.
3: Yeah. yeah oh, it's well. But
2: you know so, who else is not I guess I didn't is, realize that. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> but either, is,
2: either way, I would probably still take – I mean, I was taking Wisconsin either way.
3: You know who else is not playing is Braylon Owlin, um, which is a big deal. Uh, you know, I think if Wisconsin was healthy, I think Wisconsin probably wins this game by a touchdown. I, I – of teams I was wrong on, obviously Nebraska going there, but I really thought this was going to be a Minnesota team that was just going to rock. And I – I can't fathom how they ended up not good. I mean the, the the rushing team's good. Their defense is better than I expected. I just I I don't know. I, I I don't understand what's happened to them. Um I I just don't think they have the firepower to get in the end zone. You know, Mo last week after they lost kind of said his farewells to Minnesota. I mean, give the guy a day off. I mean, he's carried the ball a thousand times. Like like I I just I I just don't. I just don't think Minnesota's got it in them to go and win in in Madison. So I'm gonna go Wisconsin.
1: Okay. Am I alone thinking that PJ Fleck is a really good coach and he excels? I mean, he takes like an average team and just like makes them better. I mean, is 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 that wrong?
3: I I, I disagree. I think he took a great team this. year. I mean, this is a team that I think should have been competing for the West. They're essentially they are competing for the West, right? Well, yeah, I guess
0: if four teams lose, no, they're out of it. It's down to they, it's down, to, math it's math down math to math? To Iowa, Iowa, Purdue, and Illinois. Okay,
1: well, never mind. But okay, fine, fuck it. PJ Flex sucks. But no, I, I think he's <laughs> I think he's a great coach. I think I would not hate him at Nebraska. I would not hate him at Nebraska at all.
0: Oh boy, you are in the minority there, brother. I I know,
1: but it would be, but is he not a good coach? No.
0: He's a good coach, absolutely. Uh, sometimes there's just differences. Um, He's, a He's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. I I tell you what, let me say this. I I hope I hope Nebraska hires PJ Fleck. It would be fantastic, just for the podcast alone.
1: Oh God. I don't
0: right. know what I would do with that hire.
1: I know Tyler would hate it.
3: I, Derek, would I, you like it? I, I wouldn't I hate it. Wow. Yeah. I wow. wouldn't hate it. Okay. I, I can't imagine I don't know if I could listen to his press conferences. Like yeah, I feel like I'm you, listening you to a di- beat? I, I, I feel like I'm, I like I'm listening to discounted like damn I reverend that. on the corners preaching his little Bible. I think Nebraska fans need to get over this press conference shit. Who went to the damn press conference and win some games? That's <laughs> yeah. fair. I, I agree with you, and I don't need to have a guy that's a great quote. I just need a guy that doesn't make me feel like
1: well, if you're not going to win on the field, you better win behind the microphone to, like, hype people up. I mean, that's what Mickey Joseph does.
3: It's not going to be P.J. Flick. Let's get off this topic. All right.
1: Well, anyway, I have Minnesota winning because I I like – I'm not gonna, I like
3: P.J. Flick. He likes douchebags.
0: Like, Justin likes douche Tyler. Bags. I You know what I think part of this is looking at Tyler being follically no. challenged with those headphones on. He kind of <laughs> looks like P.J. over there. He
3: does.
0: How Especially dare he you? Makes that
1: face. Like, it's like he disagrees with a call from a
3: referee right now. (laughs) I'm going to bring Jerry Kill in here and have him have a word with y'all.
0: All (laughs) All
1: right. So I got Minnesota. All right. So here this is the game of the week. This is what all eyes on college football will be watching. That's number three, Michigan at number two, Ohio State. Jeff, what do you see when you look at this game?
0: So it's only the fourth time in the history of this football contest that both teams come into this game undefeated. So it's, it's history. You know, last time we saw this was 2006, I believe 2007. Sorry, I get confused. Um, I don't know, man. The only thing that, that makes me feel icky about this is Blake Corum. The Michigan running back is iffy. Um, I mean, I, I think um, CJ Stroud will be fine, but he was limping. There's other guys from Michigan and Ohio State. Like, there's some dudes, you know, that are not playing in this game. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jimbo hasn't played all year. So, it sucks that we can't see both of these teams full force in this game. Um, I haven't yet looked up the weather in Columbus, but I can tell you that's going to play into, you know, how I would predict this. I still feel like Michigan has the better defense in this game, but obviously Ohio State has the better quarterback in this game. I mean, I need a little bit more info. I really got to figure out if, if Coram is healthy because he is the offense. I mean, in the second half, when Corum went out of the game versus Illinois and that's a tough Illinois defense, they deserve credit, but you know, they just couldn't do much to move the ball versus that Illinois defense. And it's not like Ohio state is rolling out a pedestrian defense this year. It's a good defense. So I got to find out about that. Try to try to get a little bit closer the week to see the weather, but hopefully we get a good game either way.
1: Uh, Derek.
2: All right. Now bring me to the point where I, this is probably will be considered one of the worst takes. I think this game should be played earlier in the year where both teams are healthy. I want to see these two teams at full strength. I don't want it, I don't want injuries to to be a part of this. I, I don't want most,
0: team to have an excuse. I feel excuse. like that's the most un comment I've ever heard. It's like, <laughs> it's like somebody hijacked your mouth and said something that um, crazy. I, I think, I think it would make it better. I, I do. It probably wouldn't make it as interesting. I, I don't know,
2: whatever. At it wouldn't mean day, as much.
3: Sure it would. Yeah, when we get to the 12-year team playoff, it won't matter anyway. So yeah, let's just fast forward that in a couple of years. Yeah. All right, so here's my deal. If Blake Corm's fully healthy and you put
2: him on a neutral field, I, I think Michigan's the better team. Unfortunately, it's at Ohio State. Blake Corm's not fully healthy. And I, I have to go Ohio State because of that.
1: Wow. Uh Derek, you've been voting Michigan number one in our poll for like the last five weeks,
3: right? I know. Can't believe you came off that take. I thought yeah. for sure you were gonna play I, Michigan. Yeah, that's why I went to Derek. If, if Blake
2: Cor- if Blake Coram was fully healthy, I'd probably probably lean more towards Michigan. But without Blake Coram, I don't know if they're gonna be able to do enough.
3: All right, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking right now at the two best offenses in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, obviously Michigan's defense gets a lot of the headlines, but um, I I mean the, their offense has been moving the ball very very well. Um, you know, when when you at the end of the day, um, the the last time that these two teams it was, it was 2006, it was a three point game. It was a really great classic. I actually don't think it's going to be that close this time. I think without Blake Quorum, I just don't think Michigan is going to be able to have their offense. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a blowout, but I think this is going to be Ohio State will win comfortably, um, touchdown maybe ten points. Um, I will say though of, of the games this weekend, and I'm including Nebraska, Iowa, I am much more excited to watch the Michigan, Ohio State game. I mean that that this is this is must see TV um, on Saturday. So, oh one hundred. Um, uh, yeah
1: yeah uh I, I'm, I'm shocked here Derek. i thought you were gonna go michigan i'm still going ride with michigan for some reason ohio state they don't look like the ohio state that were that i'm used to seeing over the last uh three four weeks and i know michigan you know over the last three or four weeks they haven't played a tough schedule other outside of illinois and you know they, they kind of struggled there but uh i like this michigan team i really do i think they're damn near yeah, probably might be even be better than last year's team. And I don't know. I'm, I'm taking Michigan here. I, I For one, I'll be rooting for them. But
3: uh, I mean, be fair, not, I'll, be, it, I'll be rooting for them. It, it's not a terrible take to say that this Michigan team is better than last year's Michigan team. The difference is I think this Ohio State team is better than last year's Ohio State team. See, mm.
1: I think they're worse.
3: Oh, I really? I think yeah. they, their defense is significantly better than last year.
0: The defense is better. It's I tell you what, it's close. Now that I hear myself say that out loud, it, it's close. The defense is way better. They're the just, offense is definitely not. No, as they as have trouble running does. the ball. They, the, the,
3: no. I think their are passing checks just as good. I mean, Marvin Harrison, it, you don't think so? No, I think they're I think the no, problem is their offensive line. I think that that's where Ohio State's lacking this year is they are just hmm. not tough up front.
0: They haven't been able to stay healthy in really all over the place. Um, running backs have been in and out all season. You know, when yeah. you lose Jackson's JSN like that, I mean, that's, he was the alpha male of that receiving crew. Um, I don't know. It's a, t- it's a really good question. Um, that might be something I explore on our podcast when we record. So, um, but it, I, I think Michigan for a while there was better, um, but they're kind of pressing right now. And, and Corum, oof, that's a big loss. Yeah. So you, you need quorum fully healthy. I mean, yeah. If I Michigan made the
2: Shot. You have to have him fully healthy.
0: I probably jinxed them. I said in our last podcast, beating Illinois is important, but keeping Blake Coram healthy is is more important. I said that on the podcast last week. If any Michigan fans got that, would probably kill me. But um, you know, it's a big deal.
1: So what happened with Ohio State and Northwestern a few weeks ago? Because. A lot of my decision has to be is based off of that the weather. When, that was
0: a weather uh, game. It, was, it was like, all
1: weather. OK, like I think
0: the seven. movie. I think the movie. Do you remember? Do you guys remember the movie The Abyss? You remember that movie? Oh, yeah, great movie. But, so it like set a record for the biggest water tank ever to film, you know, for that movie. That's basically where they could have played that game was underwater. That's that's how much rain was happening in that northwestern Ohio State game. They could spoiler anything. alert, Northwestern's field
3: is not great no. under under ideal circumstances. Correct. So, Correct. <laughs>
1: hmm. Okay. So and when Ohio
3: State isn't great in the trenches, can't run the ball. I mean, it just was not there. Yep. It was just it was tough. Yep. But all yeah. right. Uh Jeff, where can everybody follow you? And
1: uh, your podcast.
0: Yep. Um, I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. So you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Big Kurt is my co-host on on Sundays. And for most of the podcast, uh, he's unable to ke- uh, uh, record with me during the week. So our old friend Dustin Schutte uh, joins me on, on the weekdays. So you can follow, fi- find us on any one of the podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, all that stuff. So give us a listen. The Eyes on Big B1G podcast.
1: Excellent. Any parting shots here before we, we let you go?
0: No, I just, I say I love uh, being a guest on. Like I said at the beginning, you guys are a blast. Um, I hope you don't win this Friday, but, you know, I hope you have better times after that.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We love having you on with the show. I mean, it's it's always a blast. So uh, we will see you back here soon, I hope. So uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker cast on Twitter. At Husker like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go big red.